We're going to start a four-part series today that will run today and then the 10th, the 17th, and then Christmas Eve on the 24th, which is we'll meet in the morning here on Christmas Eve. And uh, it's called Questioning Christmas. Questioning Christmas. And I have a big question uh, that I need you to answer over the next 20 minutes that we're together. And you say, what does this mean? Well, you know, folks, the world is, uh, is a pretty tough place right now, yes? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of hard stuff, a lot of discouraging things. You look around planet Earth and you say, my goodness, what a mess. And all these things that are happening, you know, you drive around in the, in the city of Montreal and you get people on strike. You know, whenever I see people on strike, I'm a horn tooter and I toot my horns. I don't even know what they're striking about, but I'll toot my horn because it's hard to stand out there in the cold. So I just toot to encourage them. But I mean, there's just so much going on. You know, some of you, you look at Christmas is coming and you, you sort of secretly think to yourself, how in the world am I going to make it through another Christmas? How am I going to even afford it this year? You know, I have to take a mortgage just to fill my car with gas. You know, how am I going to deal with all of these? So much stuff, so much stress, and oh, here comes Christmas. And, you know, people walk into churches like ours in the Christmas season, and they're looking for hope, you know, and maybe you're looking for hope, and it seems like the light is getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and you see war and death and more of it and more of it and more of it. And it's just kind of like, where is the hope of Christmas? Where has it gone? And people walk into churches and we just kind of assume it to be true. You know, we just kind of, and I think people sometimes wonder and they say, well, why do you assume all these things to be true? You know, especially Christmas time and, you know, you got your angels and, oh yeah, a virgin birth, and you got all these, like, why do you people assume all these things to be true? I remember the first time that I stepped into a church like, like this, you know, a Bible-believing church uh, 30, 33 years ago, November 30th, and I stepped into a church, and I was really surprised uh, by how sincere the people were in the church. People who like pray to God as if God is real. You know, you can hear them pray out loud. You see them with their eyes closed and their hands raised and big smiles on their faces and, you know, music with the joyful this and that. You say, wow, this is impressive. These people seem to be authentic, seem to believe all these things. That's impressive. But why did they assume this to be true? And even if it is true, what difference does it make you know, the, the, that Jesus has even come. Look at the world around us. Does it seem to be any help? Is it? And I think people are questioning even Christmas these days. And even within church circles, there is a, there's a strong movement nowadays called deconstruction, where people are rethinking their faith, taking it apart, putting it together. And I think Christmas is a great time to think about what do you believe and why do you believe it and why do you hold on to these truths? So I'm going to ask you a really, really 
you're going to say, Pastor, you've got nothing to preach about this morning, and you're, it's because you're thinking about next week. That's why you're doing this, okay? So, but I'm going to ask you a question to get you thinking. Now, in order for this to work, some of you folks who have been in church for a long time, you've got to get a little bit uncomfortable for a few minutes here. So you've got to step out of your churchiology and your... <clears throat> Remember, you believe these things. You assume these things to be true, all right? Not everybody does, folks. And not everybody who sits in the seats of churches does either. And some of you, you secretly are questioning the things that you believe. Some of the students who are in here and young people who are in here, you're, what you're being taught in a church setting and what you're being taught in your classroom setting, you recognize they are polar opposites. And you wonder, what's it all about? And you're questioning. So here's my question for you. Are you ready? You know, Cajon player, give me a drum roll, please, wherever he is. Okay, here's the question. Don't be too shocked by it. Now think about it for a moment, and now there's no wrong answers here, okay? But I want you to tell me, pretend I'm a, I don't know anything. I, didn't, I don't know the Bible. I don't know anything. And you tell me, you tell me from your own perspective, and no wrong answers, okay? So when someone says something, I don't want anybody going, oh, it's not true, not true, blah, blah. No, no, no wrong answers. And I'll tell you why there's no wrong answers in a minute. So you tell me, what is Christmas? Oh, boy, the theologian, the day the church has chosen to celebrate Christ's birth. Okay, okay. You all agree with that? Does anybody think Christmas is anything else but that? <laughs> family time, family time, the birth of Christ, it's marketing, <laughs> but she's right, presence, a promise that was long in coming, someone said it, Santa, I'm sorry I hurt the church people's feelings. Santa Claus, sorry, candy canes, Christmas village, shows, snow, home alone, there, whoa, 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 what, Christmas tree, sorry, I said it, decorating, you're all so secular, baking, special food, Turkey, tradition, oh, good word, hymns, carols, hope for mankind, a restful time, sleep in, party, partying, yeah, a stressful time, last minute shopping, Snowballs, holidays, no school. Hey, no school. <laughs> Winter activities, ice skating, hot chocolate, 
marshmallows, somebody else. A day off, many days off. Visiting, traveling, spending. Rum cake. I like rum cake. <laughs> I'm just, it, it, well, you know, that causes a bit of a, but anyway. People feeling alone. Fruit cake, Christmas carols, Christmas movies. You're missing, I, I don't know if you said it already. The Grinch. Rudolph, Frosty, what are we doing next week? Uh, giving gifts, toys. How, why do kids like Christmas? Very rarely are the kids going to say, well, I just love to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Very rarely. They might say that because they want a good toy. But they're, very rare is the child that's going to say that. Okay. Now you've, so, he, so you can say a lot of things there, okay? And it's all over the place, as you can tell. So here's the question. What is Christmas? Is Christmas traditional? Is Christmas cultural? Is Christmas mythical? Is Christmas biblical? You tell me. A mix. It's a hodgepodge of hot chocolate and eggnog and trees and lights and it's a whole bunch of stuff, folks. That's what it is. Now you say, but hold on. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. And this is, you know, and we get all upset and the people say, happy holidays. And you say, don't give me this happy holidays. It's Christmas. You say, Merry Christmas. You know, someone in the store says, happy holidays. And you say, Merry Christmas. Back to them as if they somehow have betrayed the season by saying happy holidays. Folks, we don't know what season Jesus was born in. We have no clue what season Jesus was born in. I'm going to really stretch you a little bit here. Think like a non-Bible person for a second who may be interested in what Christmas is. The, the annual celebration of the birth of Jesus is not in the Bible. It's not anywhere. And I don't care if you're Catholic and you grew up with the Catholic Bible with the Apocrypha and the Pseudepigrapha and all these extra books. It's nowhere. Nobody after Matthew and Luke describe the nativity, the, the birth narratives of Jesus. That's it. It's finished. Nobody ever talks about it in the New Testament again. Paul doesn't talk about it. Nobody talks about it. In fact, the only person that I could find, and I'm very open to being challenged on this, the specific birth of Jesus, the only person who I could find who mentions it is Jesus himself. 
And he mentions it in front of Pontius Pilate. And he says to Pilate, when Pilate is interrogating him uh, before his crucifixion, he says to Pilate, for this reason I was born, referring to his birth. And he doesn't even say the circumstances of his birth. That's it. So the question is, huh? Wow, if it's not something that we're told to celebrate annually, the birth of Jesus, and yet we're trying, you know, we, we, we want to do, we want to try and do bible things at Christmas. What do we do with this if all that we have to talk about the birth of Jesus is in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel. It comes, it goes, and it's never really referred to again. So if I go by the Bible, let's say, and I want to say, well, what is Christmas? And I go by the Bible, what is my answer going to be? If these people back then didn't celebrate annually the birth of Jesus, and we do, well, there's reason why we do by the way, and the reason why we do it is uh, mid-fourth century when Constantine um, legalized Christianity across the Roman Empire, which was probably one of the worst things in the history of the church ever, ever, ever is probably that. Uh, when he did that, there were there was a kind of a tradition or something different scholars say different things it started in the mid 4th century where people would say hey we want to take what may be some sort of pagan time and turn it into kind of christianize it and we'll celebrate the birth of christ and so on and so this is in the minds of some this is when it came to pass but for sure, historically, it's mid-4th century, folks. It's 300 years after Jesus was crucified that uh, this day is celebrated as, a, you know, the annual celebration of the birth of Jesus. Well, interesting. What did the people in the Bible do? They didn't celebrate the birth of Jesus. What they celebrated was his death and his resurrection, didn't they? And one could argue that every time a church gathers, that's what they're celebrating. Easter is derived from the old Passover from the Jews. And this is a, this is a big annual celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus. So for sure, that was celebrated on a systematic, on a regular basis. But Christmas, mid-fourth century. But if we go by the Bible... We have a phenomenal question to ask ourselves. And don't forget, folks, when we talk about Christmas and we try to look at the birth of Jesus, you've got some really strange, really bizarre stuff going on. That is the only time in the entire Bible narrative, any story you pick, it's the only time where you have what's called a virgin birth, or we could say a virginal conception more accurately. That's the only time. We have many, many accounts in the scripture of people who couldn't have children, and then they have children. The, the most famous one is a really old couple, Abraham and Sarah, right? Well, I mean, there's still procreation happening there, but God 
somehow intervenes in this. But this is not the case with Mary. Mary is supernaturally, she becomes pregnant. No man involved. In fact, it got very, very awkward for Joseph there because back in that culture and in that time, if you were betrothed to someone to be married and they had not yet had the ceremony, their marriage was not yet consummated and she was found to be pregnant, then she would be thought of as an adulteress. And this would be a very, very bad thing for her. This is why it says that Joseph was going to divorce her quietly. So you got a bizarre circumstance there. A virgin conception, and this is not annually celebrated by the early church, by the apostles. Nope, not by Paul, not by Peter, not by James, not by John, not by the author of Hebrews. Nope, nobody. Not until the mid-fourth century. Why? What are they celebrating? Well, they're celebrating the crucifixion. They're celebrating the resurrection for sure. If I go by the Bible and I ask the Bible this question, this is what you can get from this season. They don't so much think about, celebrate, commemorate his birth. This is not referred to. But for sure, what the New Testament did and what the early church did was to celebrate his coming, his coming. Not specifically his birth, but his coming. Now, why would they do that? Because it's their hope, why? Because he's the Messiah and promised, right? Okay, good, 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 all good. Now, here's, we call the season that we're in now, in some, in some traditions, we call it Advent. Advent means uh, the coming, the arrival. And this, for sure, is mentioned in the pages of the New Testament. The Advent, the coming of Jesus. And here is what you are recognizing if you want to say, I want to go by the Bible at Christmas. And folks, I'm a fan of everything about Christmas. I love the whole thing. I like the secular stuff. I like the spiritual stuff. Folks, I grew up Jewish. Like, I like the whole kit and caboodle of Christmas, okay? And Hanukkah, too. Any excuse to eat and celebrate is good for me, all right? So I like all of it, folks. And I don't, I don't condemn people who say, you know, Merry Christmas, and they don't have a clue who Jesus is. Well, good, I'll tell them who Jesus is. You know, I don't have a problem with any of it, folk. You've got a major open door with people. Goodness, they're playing Christmas carols in winters. Christmas carols, hail the incarnate deity in winters, folks. Like, you know how open-minded people are to spiritual conversations at Christmas time. They take the opportunity, folks. And some people, this I don't like Christmas trees and all that. Folk, take the opportunity to share. Here is what you're acknowledging. Here is what you are celebrating. If you think about the Bible and you want to get the Bible into Christmas. And this is what separates you from every other religious and philosophical view about Jesus on the face of the earth 
and this is what you are celebrating. And here it is, the coming, the advent of Jesus. Why, are, why did the gospel writers, why did the New Testament writers make a big deal about his coming and not so much his birth? It's because of who he is. And the confession of Christianity is that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the Hebrew God Yahweh. Or we only have consonants really in the Hebrew text there. We can transliterate them Y-H-W-H roughly. We can pronounce it Yahweh if we want or Jehovah if we want. The, the, what we're acknowledging is who he is. He is that God of the Old Testament. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. And that God is the only true God. This is what you could say if you're trying to go by the Bible that you could celebrate and acknowledge at Christmas. And you say, well, we know that. We know that, Pastor. We know that. Tell us something we don't know. Well, I hope you do know. And I hope you know why you know. Because this is what makes a Christian a Christian. It's the understanding that Jesus Christ is God and there is no other true God but him. The Muslim won't say it. The Hindu won't say it. The Jewish person won't say it. The uh, Hindu person won't say it. The Taoist won't say it. The, the, the Sikh won't say it. The liberal scholar won't say it. The, the, the higher critics won't say it. I was listening to a higher critic the other day, and he said, well, Jesus carries the title of God, but he's not God. And he can do miracles because he has the title of God, but he's not really God. And he supposedly rose from the dead because he has the title of God, but he's not really God. Anything he could do to get away from the confession that Jesus Christ is God this is what they do. And I, I would invite you to interrogate this. You, if you're a Christ follower and you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God and there is no other true God but him, I'm telling you that separates you from every other faith system and philosophical belief about Jesus on the face of the earth. And this is what those writers lived for and died for. The coming of Jesus, God in the flesh, the time has come. It is the advent of Jesus, the one and true God. And this is what they wanted us to know. Great passage for you at Advent as we kick the season off from Paul's letter to the Galatians. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption. That means you can call God your father, adoption to sonship. Notice what he says, when the set time had fully come. This is Advent. We are in the time that Jesus has come, and he is the one true God and eternal life.
welcome to the Christmas season. Over the next few weeks, we're going to interrogate this a little bit. We're going to question this a little bit. Say, why do we assume this to be true? But if you want to get biblical, as biblical as you can about Christmas, that's what you're celebrating. Father, I thank you for the time that we are in. And the culture uh, maybe doesn't know what it's doing, but we, we have such an open door at Christmas time. So I pray you would help us, Lord, to... Uh, not only take those opportunities to share Jesus with people, but even ourselves to once again acknowledge who you are and to worship you and to pray to you and to seek your face. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. I would ask our techies if they would stop the stream at this point. By pressing the little red button and thank you for your for your time talents and treasure uh, okay uh, open up boxcast go to boxcast.com on a Google browser and I'm going to give the people a break you can play a little bit of music there you can go get yourself a coffee and a tea and go back to your seats, please, if you can. And we're going to get the drama people, if they would ready themselves, and the drama director, if she would ready herself too, Pam, if you're in the room. And we'll come back in about two minutes, okay, and get this little skit going.